May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Wow. Think about what that word means and when we say it. When's the last time you had your mind blown? Where you could not believe what you were seeing or hearing or or feeling? It's kind of the thrill of magic, isn't it? You see something and it just doesn't, that's not how it works. Right? The wow. You ever been to a real live magician? You ever seen a really good one? I'm not talking about on TV. Because on TV, when I watch a magician on TV, my mind is saying, okay, there's some camera trick or there's a mirror somewhere. If I were there, then I could figure out what he's really doing because there's no way that would happen. But, but have you ever been there? And, and, and you've seen the, these magic tricks that, uh, wow. A few years ago at Youth Rally, A couple of our youth were on stage with the mentalist. That's what he called himself. He said he wasn't a a magician. Uh, He didn't do tricks. He worked with the power of the mind. To me, it seemed like he was just messing with our minds. Because the things he was doing, I mean, he he would touch one over here and the person over here would feel it. He, he was calling out the cards that you were thinking of without touching them, without shuffling anything. You thought of a card, and he would tell you what you were thinking of. And he got it right again and again and again. He came up with a name of a fictional character that my friend had in his head. And it was a name that only he and the other people in his band knew because it was an inside joke. And this mentalist called out Bogart Stradamus as the name he was thinking of, and he was right. And then, this guy put coins over his eyes, and then taped those on there, and then a blindfold on, and then had my friend wrap duct tape around his head to make sure that there was no way that he could see, and then he had some of the students on stage drawing pictures, stick pictures on cards, and then he took a Sharpie marker, and without being able to see, he replicated their pictures exactly. Wow. You know, I, it's the kind of thing you will not believe if you didn't see it. I saw it, and I'm not sure that, that I believe what happened there. You just kind of let your jaw drop to the ground and say, wow. Wow. That's the message of Epiphany. But this is not a trick. This is not magic. The reality of epiphany is what brings the wow. When God reveals reality, it is no less amazing than than any magic trick. But it's actually real. This wow is the wow that echoes to the ends of the earth. And it can only be explained by God being God. The British science fiction writer Arthur Clarke said... Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So in other words, any time the gap is big enough between what our senses experience and what our minds understand, 
it brings the wow. Right? It, it drops our jaws to the floor and makes our hearts skip a beat and, and, and race for joy a little bit. Maybe that's why for kids, their lives are, are full of magic, right? I mean, you can see it in their eyes. There is so much that they don't understand or, or don't know that everything is amazing to them. And maybe that's why as we grow and we experience more things and we understand more things and we have the experience of seeing some of the, the magic explained, well, life loses a little bit of that luster, which is why so many people today see so little need for religion. Right? They figure that if there's anything that they don't currently understand, it's only a matter of time before science and reason explain it. So they don't have any need for some story of God to help them make sense of life. And to them, worship, well, there's no wow in that. Worship, that's just, that's just strange. And truth be told, maybe there are times when it becomes a little less than wow for us, too. Until Epiphany. Here's the thing. God brings the wow to those you would least expect. Look at our text from Acts. You've got Paul and Barnabas bringing the wow, right? They are telling people about God sending his son to save them. And they go first to the ones you would expect, right? They go to the people of God, to the, the uh, um, that word is escaping me. Someone help me. The, uh, uh, not sanctuary, the synagogue. That's the word. Thank you. So they go to the synagogue where you'd expect God's people are there and they should be ready for this wow, but pretty soon those synagogue leaders tell them, no, that message is just too extreme. Trusting in a savior instead of your own obedience and, and activity? Well, no. That's, that's just too much. And so they tried to shut down Paul and Barnabas. They, they tried to, to, to attack their message and to get rid of them. And that's when Paul quotes the Old Testament in our text there. In that section, God had been speaking through his prophet Isaiah, talking about how it was too little a thing, too small a thing for his servant, the Messiah, to be a savior just for the Jews. But that he would send his servant, the Messiah, who would, verse 47, be a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. In other words, you mean God loved the whole world? Wow. Not just loving those who, who did what he said. He loved all. We see that wow in all of our readings, right? In the Old Testament lesson, it's the Queen of Sheba. She leaves home and, and travels that huge distance. She didn't seem to have any needs, but yet she comes to, to see Solomon and, and his wisdom and his God. Because the things she had heard, she just couldn't believe. She said when she saw it, she was overwhelmed. She said she would not have believed it if she had not seen it. And then what did she do? She bowed down and worshipped the Lord. Wow. And in the gospel, it was the classic epiphany story, the, the wise men. The ones who our age would kind of dismiss as foolish. Right? Following 
dreams and astrology and augury and divination. And yet they came. Think about how far they came. We're not talking the thousand mile journey. Think about it. For the people of God, the arts that they practiced, the arts that they probably used to find the child, were not just foolish, they were forbidden. God had been really clear about that. Don't mess with that stuff. Don't do that. So the, the distance between them and God and his people and his son, the greatest distance was not geography or ethnicity. It was spiritual. They were the last people, the least likely to be ones coming to to visit the Christ child. Even less likely to bow down and and worship him. I mean, that's the real magic in this story. Because when those wise men go to Jerusalem to talk to the insiders, the ones you'd, you'd expect, those insiders treated them with indifference. But when the star revealed to them the child, it says they were overjoyed. They fell on their knees to worship. This wow is for those you would least expect. So now, in our lesson from Acts today, think about where you fit. Are you the religious insiders who are saying, no, I'm going to keep doing things the way that, that I'm doing them. I'm, I'm used to this and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to you know, check my boxes and do the things I'm supposed to and it'll all be fine? Or are you the ones celebrating and rejoicing at, at the truth of the message that God's apostles bring? A couple months ago, I preached on Revelation 3, those Laodiceans. Remember, Jesus called them lukewarm. He said they were neither hot nor cold, right? Didn't seem to care much about their spiritual life. And and he said he was going to spit them out of his mouth. It is a temptation. We can so easily get used to life being life. We see worship as, as a good thing to do, right? Our time in the Bible is an important habit that, that, that we are into, and, and maybe it even brings us some peace, but do we often look at it as the highlight of our week that we can't stop talking about? As year after year passes and Sunday after Sunday comes and goes, the magic can fade until Epiphany. God's word shows us the wow for those you would least expect, the wow for us. Look at verse 46. When Paul and Barnabas answered those religious insiders who were rejecting the message, notice what they said. Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. Think about that. They didn't consider themselves worthy of eternal life. Now, no one is worthy of eternal life, but in Christ, God declares us to be so. So to reject that message, to say, no, I'd rather count on my life and what I'm doing to accomplish my salvation, more or less, that, that's rejecting God's message. That's condemning oneself. Remember what Jesus said? John three eighteen. he said, whoever believes is not condemned, 
But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So then Paul and Barnabas go on. Verse 47. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. They were bringing salvation. They were bringing that message of the child born in Bethlehem and worshipped by those wise men. He came so that we all would be saved. Even the ones you'd least expect. Even those, those foreign magi with their foolish superstitions and those ones who sometimes get caught up just going through the motions. Even you. Wherever you are on that spectrum. Salvation to the ends of the earth. And then verse 48, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord. And all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. In other words, wow. So see this wow of epiphany. That child in the house in Bethlehem was, was not just a child. He wasn't just a threat to Herod's power that needed to be eliminated. He wasn't just some kid born to poor parents that would amount to probably nothing more than a carpenter. The star testified. Their faith saw. This child was God's son come to save us. So how could their jaws not drop? How could they not fall to their knees and worship? Of course, they gave him the best of what they had. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The, the, the forgiveness of sins was worth, was worth far more than any of that. A right standing with God was better than anything they could have brought. An eternal home in heaven for me? Wow. So you see, what, what we do here is not just some superstitious mumbo-jumbo or boring, cult-like repetition. It's not even just a good habit to get into or a peaceful ritual. This is not even just a good place to learn. Hear his word. Look at what that star testifies today. When you come to church, when you open your Bible, you are entering into the presence of God who moved heaven and earth to save you, to forgive all of your sins, even your sins of losing the wow from time to time. Here you see wisdom uncovered, salvation revealed. May that always be wow for you. And may you never miss an opportunity to bask in its light. Yeah, when you see a magic trick explained and then you see that trick again, it kind of loses its luster, right? Not as impressive, once you understand it. This is the opposite of that. Because what actually happened there, what actually happens here, when you understand that, that's mind-blowing. God loved those who didn't deserve it. God loves you and me. May he reveal that truth to you throughout the epiphany season and throughout your lives. Wow. In Christ. Amen.
Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's rise and confess our faith.